also uh, honour Pastor Mark and Nina. Uh, they, they love us, and that's what's important. You know, in the, in the craziness of, of our society, their heart cries, yearns, focuses about this place for us on a Sunday morning, on a Sunday night, throughout the week. It's, it's what consumes their world. And so we honor you, Pastor Nina, and also Pastor Mark, who's not here at the moment. He's over at Redcliffe and Morrowfield today. But we honor, you, honor our senior pastors, and thank you for leading us and loving us. And it's so important, is it, that, that we outdo one another, the Bible says. The Bible actually says, outdo one another in showing each other honor. I like that. That's, a, that's an awesome concept. So let's, let's be doing that for each other. You know, more than ever, we need to be focusing on what really matters, don't we? More than ever before right now, the church needs to, to be who Jesus asked the, the church to be, to not get distracted by all the stuff going on around us and lose sight of the, the, the task at hand. You know, I, I was praying for the service this morning and I, I was just like, we need to we need to stand together and fight the enemy over our, our homes, over our families, over our marriages, over, over this church. And we need to help each other in doing that because God is our father. Jesus said, he's your dad. He's my dad and, and he's your dad too, our heavenly father. That's what he said, pray like this, our heavenly father. And so I want to encourage you to, to you know, make allowance for one another's faults. As the Bible says, to, to let love cover a multitude of sins, to, to, to focus on reaching out to your brothers and your, your sisters and to loving on them. If you think of them, send them a message, give them a call, invite them over your home, seek to do hospitality, all the things that the Bible says that the family is meant to be. Well, let's rise up and be that family. Let, let's, let's be that family to each other in this place. We can do it, church. We can do it. You know, the last thing that Jesus said is he was lifted up in the clouds as he ascended to heaven. He said, hey, I'll be with you even until the ends of the ages. And so be encouraged. He's with you. He's with you. So let's do this together. Amen. Amen. Well, I've entitled my preach this morning. Anthony, you ready? There it is. Roots over fruits. Roots over fruits. I want to do a quick poll because um, I need to find out what our favorite fruit is in the house of God this morning. So just by a show of hands. Now, only vote once. Now, some of you are like, you're like this with color. I like the rainbow. I like all colors. I like all fruit. Well, just pick one this morning for me, okay? No double dipping. Uh, that's gross. You shouldn't do that unless it's with the other end of the churro. But uh, hands up if you like strawberries. That's your favorite fruit. Okay, there's a few. There's a few. You know, you can eat the leaves on strawberries. It's amazing. It's like salad. It's true. You can eat the skin on kiwi fruit too. It's true. Learned that at a Woolworths thing when I was in high school. It's amazing. All right, hands up if, you, if oranges are your favorite fruit. And yeah, no one didn't think so. Oh, one person, probably because you play sport and orange at half time. What about apples? The old faithful. We've got one, two, yeah, few and far between. All right, bananas. Hey, come on, there it is. All right, lychees. Woo, gotta be lychees. Uh, that's a strong contender 
in my heart and my taste bud palate is the lychee. All right, but, but I'm getting to my favorite and I'm hoping it's our favorite too. That's because um, that'll be good for this morning. Uh, what about black cherries? Who likes black cherries? It's my favorite yogurt at the moment. All right, come on, the favorite. Mango. <laughs> yes, look at this. It's the Emerge Church favorite. How good is that? Mango. Oh, mango is so good. Uh, I used to permanently borrow mangoes off of my neighbor's mango tree, and I would put them in the freezer after, like, getting home from This is back in school before I was saved. And, um, and I would put them in the freezer, uh, and then I'd pull out the one that I'd put in there <laughs> the, the day before, and, man, I would sit on the front porch with my siblings. We'd peel that skin back and Mango ice block, like you can't get better than like frozen mangoes. Summer is coming, my friends. Who likes a good frozen fruit? What about grapes? How good are frozen grapes? Man, that parents, it's a fantastic healthy snack. Like put some grapes in the freezer, pull them out. You can peel the skin off a frozen grape. And then it's amazing. Anyways, mango has it. Give yourselves a round of applause if you're the mango lovers in the house. So good. Well, let me pray, and we're going to get into the Word of God this morning. Jesus, we thank you that we have your Word. Jesus, we thank you that it's alive, it's active, it corrects us, it comforts us, it equips us, it it challenges us, it encourages us. So Lord, I pray this morning that, God, you'd illuminate it to us, Lord, that we'd walk out closer to you this morning, that we'd walk out more on fire for you, that we'd walk out just a little bit closer to you and a little bit different to the way we walked in, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to start with uh, John chapter 15. John chapter 15, it's where Jesus describes himself as the vine. It says this, I am the true grapevine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches." Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples." This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you, even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Anyone else like weeding? A couple of you? I must confess, I was a weird teenager. I was a weird child. 
Like I got up at 5.30 before school and I would sneak out into the yard to weed. It's a strange child, I know. Yes, the mums are saying it's good and my mum, it put a smile on her dial, but I loved to weed. I loved attacking a garden bed and just demolishing the weeds. Like I, I think it went to my, my natural destructive nature of like ripping out these weeds and stuff. But the reason why I enjoyed it so much was you could look back and stand back and it was just like satisfaction. It's like, it just looked so good. It was amazing. And, and the, the, the horrible thing was a couple of years after I started this new habit in my, my life, I realized that I was, I was actually doing myself in because I was the one that would take care of all the gardens at home for mum and dad. And uh, I thought it was really nice and neat to put the grass clippings on the garden bed and uh, like to act as mulch. And uh, I realized that that's probably not that smart because that's why my weeding had to keep on happening. So then I, I changed to straw and stuff like that. But, but weeding makes the garden look good, does it not? Like, it, it looks just as good as when you plant the new plants and you, you prune it back and you do all this. Weeding makes a garden look good. Well, it's, it's just what I enjoyed. I didn't really watch cartoons. I watched cooking shows and gardening shows. That was my thing when I was a teenager. I was like, my favorite show was Better Homes and Gardens. Come on. Anyone else love Better Homes and Gardens? It is a fantastic show. It's got travel. It's got food. It's got cooking. It's got construction stuff. It's got gardening. It's even got animals, like Dr. Harry and all the other amazing people. Like, Bed Homes and Gardens has it all. It's a fantastic, wholesome show. You should watch it with your family. You'll thank me later. You'll, you'll be excited by all that you get out of Better Homes and Gardens. Well, it leads me to my first topic of plants, because Jesus said that he is the vine. He relates himself to the vine. He says, you are the branches, and so we start to see this picture of how our relationship is meant to work with Jesus as the vine and us as the branches. The, the first couple of things he talks about in this chapter is, is the cutting and the pruning. Uh, it, never, it never looks good when you cut a tree back initially. Like a, a hedge, you cut it back, right back. It just looks brown and prickly and dead. And it's just, why would you do that? It was green and pretty, now it's brown, prickly, and ugly. It's like any, anything that you cut back doesn't look great in the moment, does it? But, but what comes out of it is great. What comes out of it is great. The branches that, that, that get cut off, they, as Jesus said, become only good for fire. Like They will never produce anything anymore. But the tree remains and the branches remain and they, they blossom back greater than before. But nobody really likes the cutting and pruning process, do they? Because it's not the vine, it's the branches. Jesus doesn't get cut back, we get cut back. We get pruned, but it's with purpose in mind. Maybe, maybe you're going through some difficult stuff at the moment. Can I encourage you that maybe God does have a hand in it? that maybe God will turn it around for good. Maybe that's what's happening at the moment if you're going through a difficult, painful experience. But without that, we can't produce much fruit. That's what Jesus then went on to say, and he, and he, he hammers it home twice. He says that those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Not just a little bit of fruit, but much fruit. And, and, and then he, he flips it and he says, when you produce much fruit, you are my 
true disciples. So, so Jesus isn't even asking us to just produce some fruit or just to have a little bit of fruit in our life. Jesus' desire for you and I is that we would have a full fruit experience, that there, there would be more than enough for you so that there's so much growing that, that other people can come and partake of the goodness of God in your life. It, it's attractive, isn't it? When there's so much there, much fruit. So, so what is our fruit? What is, what is our fruit? The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, it says, you can identify them. This is Jesus talking. He says, you can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? What is growing on the inside is what will produce on the outside. The way to know what's going on on the inside is to look at the outside. If you walk up to an orange tree and you want an apple, it's never going to happen. You've got to walk up to an apple tree to get an apple. So when the world walks up to a Christian tree, the world should be able to get the, the Christian tree fruit from that Christian tree by our actions. It's not just by our beliefs. It's not by just what we, what we believe on the inside. It's what we produce on the outside. So, so how are you acting? By our actions, this is the fruit of what's going on on the inside of our life, the way we act, are you, are you getting angry? Are you getting impatient? Are you getting depressed? Are you getting worried, distracted, or disillusioned? How are you acting? What, what are the actions that are coming out of your life? What are the, what are the daily actions? What are the, what are the weekly actions? How, how do you act? How do you respond in circumstances? Because that's the fruit that you are producing. Galatians puts it this way. It says in Galatians 5, 19 to 23, it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you as I have before that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. You can tell how the roots are of a, of a vine or a tree by the fruit that it is producing or not producing. That's how you can tell what's going on. So it leads me to my, my next point is to, to get away from the plant and the fruits and to focus on the roots. See, good fruit comes from healthy roots. I, uh, I consider myself a bit of a green thumb. Hands up if you're a green thumb in the... In the house this morning, just a few of us, yes, it's probably true, it's not many of us, and uh, less and less of us these days. I consider myself a green thumb, and uh, I do all right generally, but I've had a mishap recently. I bought these fiddle leaves for my office, 
And I thought, this is going to be fantastic. This is going to be fantastic. I bought this beautiful big pot and I put this fiddle leaf in it that I found from a nursery. So it's got to be good. It's from a nursery. And uh, I was so excited. And I was like showing off my fiddle leaf to all the other staff in the office. Like, oh, come and let's have a catch up in my office. So like, oh, if you see my fiddle leaf, like the shine on the leaf. Like I got it in there and I went, oh, I got a clean cloth with just some water. I literally intimately wiped every leaf. It was so shiny, no dust, no dirt, nothing. I'm like, this thing is gonna thrive. Like it is gonna bring life into my lifeless office. It's gonna be fantastic. I'm like, it's an indoor plant. It's gonna work. I went out and I bought the most expensive fertilizer I could find on the Bunnings shelf. I'm like, this thing has gotta work. It is gonna be amazing. Now, I, I know you know where this story is going. Little bit by little bit, day by day, I'd come in and bits of brown was coming out, my fiddle leaf leaves. Man, it started to worry me. I'm on Google, I'm like brown on fiddle leaves, what's going on? It's like, oh, it's probably root rot, overwatering, under light. So I'm starting to tweak this thing. I'm like doing the daily shake to imitate wind. I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything I read on Google on how to look after a fiddle leaf. But day by day, I was trimming off the brown. I was hiding leaves in my bin. It's going good. This is still a nice tree until there were two leaves left. I even put it outside to like dry the roots out and everything. I tried everything. Two leaves left, I gave up on it. It's literally right now, you can go after church and find it. it's out the, back of the, out the back of the church near the playground in between the shed and the wall. It is dead. Like Pastor Ange was like, oh, give it to me. I'll bring it back to life. I'm like, it's all yours. It's still out there and it's still dead. Like that thing died. So I blame it on the nursery. And this time I didn't go to a nursery. I went to the big chain Bunnings and I'm like, it, it, it's got to be good. It's from Bunnings. I'll, I'll, buy, I'll buy another one. So I did. Unfortunately, it, uh, it wasn't going that great. So I asked for some advice from another tree lover, and um, it's now at home. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's starting to show some life again. It is coming. I, I feel like I've saved this poor little fiddle leaf tree. It is coming back to life. Like the, the brown, there's no more brown. It's definitely a lot more sparse than when I bought it, but it's still going strong. I'm like, okay, obviously it's not good for the office. There is not enough natural light and I probably wasn't looking at after it as good as I could have. The first one got root rot. It wasn't the nursery. It was me. I was getting excited, I overwatered it, I wasn't looking after it that great. The window, I thought would be enough light, but there's a ginormous like six metre awning out there as well. It gets some light. I even started leaving the, the fluoro on at night, and uh, unless one of the others was turning it off uh, after they left, but I, I, I was trying to be the last one in the office, and I'd leave the light on. I'm like, it's only a little bit of light, like it's only cost the power bill that much, and like it's for my fiddle leaf, and uh, it didn't help either. So anyways, what's the old saying? Out of sight, out of mind, yes, yes. You know, sometimes what you can't see is actually the most important thing in your life. The, the, the inner man, the, the stuff that you can't see is the stuff that you really need to give attention to. 
See, we have to give attention to where we are planted and what we're planted in. Are we planted in the vine? Are we grafted into the vine? Have you become comfortable in a place that isn't good for you? Maybe for my poor plan, it was by force. <laughs> Probably didn't want to be forced there. But when you, when you, when you settle, when you get comfortable, when you, when you find a place that's not too bad, overwatering starts to happen. And overwatering causes issues, always does. When you, when you become saturated with no ability to drain, it actually causes issues. We were not designed to contain what we received from God. We were designed to let it out. We, we, were, we were designed to shine and share out the fruit of our life, not to hoard it up, but to, to give it out. To, if, we, if, we, if we keep it all, if we focus on us and only us, it, it causes stagnation because what's meant to be a river from the throne of God becomes a pond because we've built a damn wall. Stagnation kicks in. There's no life. The, the wrong stuff starts to grow, fungi and algae and, and the, the, the stuff that you don't want in your life. The, the sins start to, to rise up. We, when we become self-focused, we, we lose the outlook on life that God wants us to have. Our fruit begins to shine a little less. We produce a little less. And it's not the fruit that we need to worry about, but when it happens, we start to worry about the peripherals of our life. We start to worry about the, the fruit of our life, but it's where the source of life is coming from that we need to focus on, to focus on the roots over the fruits. If you focus on what's left and right instead of this, always going to cause issues. I want to encourage you this morning, don't focus on the fruit, focus on your roots. You know, farmers, uh, farmers don't look for beautiful locations where they can see the ocean and it's like, it's a quick drive into the city center. That's where I'm going to, that's where I'm going to plant my crop. No, no, no. They, they look for soil that is good and to ensure that there is source of water. That's all they care about. They couldn't care less if it was out the back of nowhere, and most of our farms are. So long as there is good soil and good water, they're going to be able to plant and get a good crop. It's the same with cattle farmers. They, they, don't, they don't look for the perfect spot for their ranch home to be built on the, on the mount with the view of a pretty tree next door. Like they, all they care about is, is there grass and is there water? Are my cattle going to be able to feed and drink? That's all they care about. Because out of that, that's what produces the results. I, I believe that we, we, get, we get too distracted sometimes and too consumed with, the, with what we're producing in our life or what we should be producing in our life. And we start to chase this fruit and chase that fruit. And if I only had that fruit in my life, my life would be so much greater. But the only way to produce the fruits that you really want in your life is to focus down here, to focus on where you planted, to focus on the roots planted. You see, you, you look around right now, it's the people that have built their home on the sand that are fall, it's falling down. 
It's the people that have planted themselves in the house of God. It's the people that prioritize time with God, that have planted their feet firmly on the rock of our salvation, and that home will never come tumbling down. It's we got to focus on our roots. The fruits will take care of themselves. See, an apple tree will produce apples by default. By default, if the roots are taken care of. You see, if a tree or or garden or vine is pruned regularly, cared for, loved, attention is given to it, you don't have to worry about the fruit. The fruit will just simply grow by default. We gotta take care of our roots. You see, the roots aren't beautiful. In fact, they're dirty, (laughs) they're messy, they're often difficult to get to. They're they're not pleasant, they don't smell great, they're they're not seen, they're hidden, but without the work, love and care, the result will be fruitless. So ask yourself, what are you feeding on? What are you taking in? What are you allowing into your home? Parents, what are you allowing into your children? What are you allowing into your life? What, what, what thoughts are being allowed to go on in here? What words are you allowing to be spoken over you or into you? What, what, are you, what are you producing? James said this in chapter three. He said, does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. You see, food, water, our well, the the dirt, the fertilizer, it's all fuel. It's all fuel. You, You put fuel in a car, it helps the car go. If you don't, it probably won't go that great. Like, like plants, like cars, like us, we need fuel to survive on. If you don't eat, you don't drink, you'll struggle. If you don't feed your spirit, it will struggle. When, you, when you're on empty in your car, it's a little bit nerve-wracking sometimes. I, I personally enjoy the risk life. I find the orange light entertaining. When I'm driving around all the time, it can be a little bit boring. So I listen to Audible or Spotify and it makes it a bit better. And, but then also the orange light, it's fun. Like I see how far I can get on the orange light. Like in my car, 50 Ks is when the orange light comes on. 50 Ks is a long way. You can go from home to the city and back like multiple times. <laughs> Even when it says fuel up, refuel now. Like my car like tells me what to do. I'm like, I rebuke you. No, I will go to the fuel station when I want to go to the fuel station. You know what? No word of a lie. Until this day, I've only once jerked my way in to a petrol station. It was hilarious. But thank God I didn't have to get out and push it. I, 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 I've never pushed it that far, but my gosh, it was fun. I was like jerking in to the petrol station. And uh, it was hilarious, actually. You know, poor Ivana doesn't really like the, uh, the orange light so much. And uh, so I try not to tell her, but when she notices it, I notice the tension in the, in the car ride just rise a little bit for the rest of that trip. I'm like, it's fine, we'll make it. 
We always do. We've never run out of fuel yet. Yet. And I'm believing that I won't. Is anyone else like try and get like the last drop out of their fuel tank before you pull into a petrol state? It's actually important. Like old stagnant fuel is not good for an engine. Feel me? Like you, you got to put, you got to drain it all out before you put the new stuff in. That's an important thing for engines. It's actually true. <laughs> you know, Jesus said that love is the source of life. It's the fuel that God has given us to love oneself, to love our neighbours and to, to love him. And Jesus, Jesus said in this chapter, he said, remain in my love. Remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you'll remain in me and remain in my love. He's saying that remain in me, stay connected to the vine. Don't, don't, don't cut yourself off what you've been grafted into. No, stay connected because you'll be staying in my love. Love is the fuel of life. See, see, love is these days, it's an overused, undervalued, perverted, complicated and difficult to understand concept. But it shouldn't be. Love, love defined is an intense feeling of deep affection. Love is a great interest and pleasure in something. Love likes or enjoys very much. 1 John 3.16 says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. See, this is, Jesus, this is who Jesus is to you and I. He, he has intense feelings of deep affection for you. He died for you. You, you matter to him more than anything else in the whole entire world. You matter more to him than anything that is going on in your life. You, just you and you alone, you're the, you're the center of his attention. He has great interest and pleasure in your life because he's love. He made you. He likes you and enjoys you very much. He wants you. He wants you so badly, he came back to get you and he still wants you today. That's love. That's the type of love that the world needs to know about. That's the type of love that the world needs to see being produced in our life and, and, and overflowing. Come on, people need love. People are never the problem, never. The Bible says principalities and powers are the problem. People are never the problem. It's always the principality and the power behind the people that are the problem. God loves people. But loves people. When Jesus ministered to the people around him, it was out of a deep and unwavering love. Come on, this is the type of love that you and I have access to. Yeah. I want to encourage you to withdraw from it, to lean into it. Don't, don't forget to do life with the one that you are doing life for. Let, let what you produce flow from what you are taking from him. See, the world will only ever give us quick fixes but the Bible will give us everlasting truth. The, the more you can experience his love, the more you'll fall in love with him. And the more you'll want to do what he wants you to do, the more you can position yourself to engage in his love, enjoy his love, experience his love, the more you'll want it. 
Like, you, it, 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 when you put worship music on, you start to, to get lost in the presence of God and, and just start to sing to Him and, and pray. Maybe you haven't done that in a little while. Maybe you need to just spend some time at home, just in the lounge, just put worship music on, just start to, just start to sing to Him, just start to sit in His presence like Mary did and just, just start to enjoy and start to drink from that, start to top up from that, start to put the fuel of love into your life, I can guarantee you that the outside, the peripherals will start to change. We need to do it daily, to desire it, to crave it, to daily pursue that love. Jesus said this in Luke 9, he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? Can I get the band to come back up, please? We need to fuel up daily. Because when you're low, when you're low on time with God, you feel it. When you're running on empty, you feel it. Let me say this, when you get low, you can't be confident. You start to get tempted by the off-ramps that God probably doesn't want you to take. And we might miss the destination that God had intended for us in the journey. When you get low, you stop believing that you're gonna make it to the end. When you get low, you can't be ready for every moment. When you get low, you won't, you won't be able to, to go the distance because you'll start to question things and you'll start to allow the world to, to creep back in and you'll start to rely on other means of fuel. Or maybe if I just pull over here for just for a little bit, I'll be able to just rest for a moment when God is saying, no, I actually don't want you to rest. I actually want you to keep getting fueled up by God so that you can keep going the distance and last the mile. Come on, run the race. Run the race with endurance. We need to fuel up daily. There is no other fuel source for your life that will sustain you the way the love of Jesus will. You can try anything else you want. It will not fill you up. It will not satisfy your soul. Jesus is the only answer. When you're full, you have more than enough. When you're full, you won't second guess yourself. When you're full, you're stable, full of vision, confident and bold. Like the attacks might come, but you're full. You know you're gonna go the distance. You know you're gonna last a mile. You know that God is gonna come through for you. You won't get distracted by this off-ramp that looks good and that off-ramp that looks good. No, you know that you're gonna last the distance because you're full. When you're full, you're a force to be reckoned with. When you're full, you will not give up. Let me remind you this morning that Jesus is in the Word of God. The Bible says that the Word became flesh. As we spend time, as we intimately spend time getting into His presence and eating the Word of God and drinking in the presence of, of Him, it builds us up, it sustains us to do what He asked us to do when you're full you're able to handle the battle. When you're full, you've got the energy to fight. 
when you're full, you're not going to become weary or, or disillusioned. But you're going to stay focused. There's going to be clarity. You're going to take a step of confidence into what's ahead of you when you're full. You see, the, the Word of God is your lover. The Word is all the wisdom you'll ever need. It's full of joy and promises. It's full of answers for everything that you're going through. Jesus said, remain in me and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great, great glory to the Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Would you stand this morning as I close our service today? And church, I want to encourage you to remain in Jesus. Remain in Jesus. And He said, your joy will overflow. Yes, maybe, maybe, maybe you're not experiencing that at the moment, but, but as you regraft, as you reconnect, as you focus in, as you start to, to top up with Jesus, as you start to fill up with Jesus, as you start to give Jesus those minutes and hours and days in your week, you will be filling up yourself and the joy will naturally overflow. The fruit grow by default. Can I encourage you, church, with this? Keep going. Keep going. Keep engaging with the Word. Fight again to get close to God. Fight again to get close to God. Fight again for your family. Fight again for your generation. Come on, don't look. Don't look for the fruits. Focus on the roots and let the fruit take care of themselves. Let me pray for you. This